God has the power to rescue anyone from any circumstance. And today we have a dramatic example of that power in Peter's life. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We're about to dive into episode 113 today and pray together through Acts chapter 12. But before we do that, we're going to open with a bit of worship. And today's verse that we're using is Acts 12:11. Acts 12:11. Now, we'll get the context of this verse in a little bit, so there's no context here, but that's okay. It says, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. That's Acts 12, 11. So let's jump in and just pray with a sense of worship about God as our rescuer. All right, join me. Father, it's a theme for this whole section, the idea of you as rescuer. Before we kind of get to that and work through it in detail, I want to honor you as rescuer in our lives, just kind of in an overall worshipful sense. You are the one who has the power to rescue us. You are the only one who has the power to rescue us, and you have. Jesus, that's why you came and why you made that sacrifice on my behalf on the cross so that you would rescue me and I could have a relationship with you. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm honoring you for that today and worshiping you as my rescuer, as the one who has the power to rescue me from any circumstance, any trouble, any difficulty, any spiritual darkness that I find myself in. And I I pray that you would release that power in our lives and in the lives of people we know pray that you as rescuer would act in a way that the ones I love would find rescue through you. As we move on through this time, I ask that you would guide my words, guide my thoughts, bring the people who need to be in prayer. I pray that you would be honored in this time and place, that this kind of set apart few moments that we do twice a week, that you would be honored here, that your name would be glorified through this process. Teach us to be more like you and make change happen in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're reading and praying through Acts chapter 12. We start and we end this chapter. We bookend the chapter with Herod Agrippa. We open with him killing James. And something to note, this is James the disciple, the brother of John. James and John were disciples. And you may remember them asking to sit at the right and left of Jesus in his kingdom. That's who we're talking about. That's who was killed. And Jesus granted that they would share in that cup that he was about to drink. And we see that fulfillment in this in, in James's life. You'll also hear mentioned in this chapter and moving forward, James, the brother of Jesus. Two different Jameses. And you're going to see him rising to prominence as a leader in Jerusalem over the chapters to come. We also meet John, who is also called Mark, and who will play a part as well in the upcoming chapters. He is the author of the book of Mark. The chapter closes with God's judgment and the death of Herod. One detail that first century Jewish historian Josephus has about the people's response to Herod when we get to those verses, you'll see they called him a god. And one of the details that Josephus mentioned was that 
his robe that he was wearing was threaded through with silver threads, and he truly sparkled and shone in the sun, and that triggered this response in them. But we'll see what happens to him in the end. Most of this chapter revolves around the telling of Peter's dramatic rescue by God. So let's just get to it. This is chapter 12, and I'm going to read, pray, read, pray. Read a little bit, pray a little bit as we go through. So scripture says, About that time, King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church, and he executed James, John's brother, with the sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter, too, during the festival of unleavened bread. After the arrest, he put him in prison and assigned four squads of four soldiers each to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was praying fervently to God for him. Let's pray. Father, we see the fulfillment of your words in James's death. And I, I praise you for the ability or the, not the ability, well, I guess the power to be able to speak and fulfill, speak and fulfill. We can speak in our lives all we want. And sometimes we can fulfill those things and not other times, but we always know, we can always trust. Maybe that's getting to the heart of it. Thank you for the rock solid trust that I can have in your word because it is truth and eternal and never changing. Thank you for me knowing because you fulfilled your word so many times before that you will do so. We see this pattern that we've had for several chapters now, this first portion of Acts where church thrives, persecution begins, things are thrown into disarray, people are arrested, violence happens, the church prays, and there's an event, and then the cycle kind of repeats itself. And so here we see the church praying again. We see the cycle, we see the crackdown, we see the the persecution, and we see that the church was praying fervently for Peter. I pray that as we kind of step into this story of Peter's rescue, that you remind us that this happened after people prayed. People were praying fervently for Peter. And so, as we think about rescue in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones and and of people we don't even know, help us remember that prayer is a part of that rescue. Prayer unleashes your power. And so, as we progress through with this dramatic story, I just wanted to pause and let that sink in with my heart And those who are listening, that the church was praying fervently. And I ask you to awaken that desire in us that we would be praying fervently for rescue and for all of the other things. But in this case, in the subject that we're talking about today for rescue, awaken that in us, that we and the church would be praying fervently. Okay, scripture says, when Herod was about to bring him out for trial, that very night, Peter bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while the sentries in front of the door guarded the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. Striking Peter on the side, he woke him up and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Get dressed, the angel told him, and put on your sandals. And he did. Wrap your cloak around you, he told him, and follow me. So he went out and followed. And he did not know that what the angel did was really happening, but he thought he was seeing a vision. After they passed the first and second guards, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them by itself. They went outside and passed one street, and suddenly the angel left him. Father, miraculous intervention on Peter's behalf. Your power displayed 
That's what we read and celebrate in these verses. Peter thought he was having a vision, (laughs) but he finds himself, as we'll see in the verses to come, on a street. It all really happened in, in real life, not just in a vision. He was chained and guarded with a heavy guard. There was no way he was going to get out of this mess himself. And you rescued him. I recognize today that the power of darkness, the power of sin in my life, had me chained with no ability to rescue myself. And I acknowledge that today. And that you are the power that rescued me. You are the power that moves us from death to life. You are the rescuer. And I acknowledge that you have worked that rescue in me. And I have no, I have no ability to take responsibility or glory for that. That is all you. You came in and rescued Peter when he had no ability to rescue himself. And we honor you for that today. We see you as the one with the power to rescue. Scripture says when Peter came to himself and he finds himself, this is my, this is my addition, finds himself outside of the prison miraculously. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was called Mark, where many had assembled and were praying. He knocked at the door of the outer gate, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer. She recognized Peter's voice, and because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the outer gate. You're out of your mind, they told her. But she kept insisting that it was true, and they said, it's his angel. Peter, however, kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were amazed, motioning to them with his hands to be silent. He described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell these things to James and the brothers, he said. And then he left and went to another place. Father, I I love this part. Everybody loves this part. This servant girl, Rhoda, running to answer the door, finding that it's Peter and getting so excited that she forgets to let him in to run back and share the exciting news. I love that. I love that you include these such human moments, right? These such human moments in your word. Because have we ever gotten all excited about something and forgotten (laughs) like the real core of what it was? I'm sure that that's happened to all of us at times. But it's also just amusing to see the humanity of these people, of this early church. Can you imagine Peter's response? He's just had this miraculous rescue. He finds himself on a back street. And so he goes to where he knows people are gathered to pray. And once again, it strikes me, Father, that there are people gathered to pray. They weren't just praying randomly, occasionally in their home. They were gathered to pray fervently for Peter's rescue. And God fulfilled that prom- that that request. And here is the answer. Peter shows up at the door and they let him in after they've after that momentary humanity confusion, is he really there? It can't possibly be. They let him in and Peter's like, okay, I get it. Shh, shh, shh. Let me tell you what happened. So he tells them what happened and then he leaves. He says, let everybody know I'm going somewhere else. And we get this, this break in humanity. It's also a moment of transition to let us sit in the importance of this moment. This is a dramatic example of your power. 
And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for this moment of humanity as well, that we can find ourselves in this story in so many ways. In many ways, these are the roles that we play in life. We have Peter, who's imprisoned and rescued and tells of the tale. We can put ourselves in Peter's shoes. Sometimes we are ones without ability to rescue ourselves and you provide the rescue and we need to share that. Sometimes we are the church gathered fervently in prayer for those who need rescue. And sometimes we are this excited messenger that wants to tell of the rescue and is so wrapped up in the moment and emotion of it. No matter which part we're playing, no matter which role at which times, pray that you would enable it, that you would lend power to those things that we are doing on your behalf. Pray that you would help us recognize which role we are supposed to be in. We're not always the one being rescued. Sometimes we're the one announcing that rescue. And sometimes we are the church praying fervently, whether that's together or by ourselves. Help us recognize which role we're supposed to be in. So scripture goes on to then say, at daylight, there was a great commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had searched and did not find him, he interrogated the guards and ordered their execution. Then Herod went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. Together, they presented themselves before him. After winning over Blastus, who was in charge of the king's bedroom, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food from the king's country. On an appointed day, dressed in royal robes and seated on the throne, Herod delivered a speech to them. And the assembled people began to shout, It's the voice of a god and not of a man. At once, an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God spread and multiplied. After they had completed their relief mission, Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem, taking along John, who was called Mark. Let's pray one last time. That's the end of the chapter. Let's, let's pray through the closeout of that chapter. A few chapters ago, we had the story of Peter showing up at Cornelius's house and Cornelius worshiping him. Peter's very first immediate response was, I am just a man. I can't accept your worship. It's misguided. But Herod, on the other hand, we see here basking in that he did not immediately come out and say, no, 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 don't say that. That's not true. My feeling is scripture doesn't say this, but I feel like he probably felt really good about that, exulted in that, cherished that. God struck him down because he is the one that deserves glory and honor as God. Very public display of your power in this time. And I appreciate those reminders because it's easy for us to take some of credit for things. And we need to be like Peter and not like Herod, immediately putting credit where it's due at your feet. Thank you for the displays of power in these stories that remind us who you are, that you care for the imprisoned who need rescue, and that you care that people are not usurping your glory. You care about where the credit goes. Thank you for those reminders this morning, and I ask that you would awaken in us a recognition of our own powerlessness to rescue ourselves from any really circumstance spiritually and your power to do so. And what happens when we let the feelings of our own accomplishment go to our head and we become full of pride and arrogance. Help us to see that in our own lives too and to root it out. Spirit, you have the power to show us where that's happening and to remind us of your word and to help us change through that, to help us repent from that and move on and grow. 
and mature spiritually. So I pray that you would awaken both of those things in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, that is it for chapter 12. Thank you so much for joining me this morning to pray. I so appreciate it. If you're watching on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page, we'll be back again on Wednesday at 10 a.m. with chapter 13. So moving on for another chapter. And if you found this helpful, I would love it if you would come back on Wednesday and bring a friend with you too. If you're a podcast listener, I so appreciate you being here on that platform. And if you hit subscribe and share that with a friend, it will allow more people to to join us in prayer. Even if you invite them or if the algorithm shows them the podcast, it is all helpful. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, helping Christian women grow a God-first life and business. So my heart is, as you and I do this a couple of times a week, as we pray together, that God will grow us in our prayer lives and that he will use this time to speak to you as he speaks to me and that he will answer these prayers in mighty ways. But the very most important thing that I pray for is that you will fall deeper in love with a God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.